Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College online journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Hello, War Room podcast listeners. I'm Jacqueline Whit, Professor of Strategy at the U.S. Army War College, and I'm here today with Professor Vanya Eftimova-Bellinger, who is the Visiting Professor of Clausewitz Studies here at the Army War College. This podcast is part of an occasional series on great strategic thinkers and important historical and theoretical works about war and strategy, and today we tackle one of the best-known but perhaps most misunderstood theorists of war, Karl von Clausewitz. Professor Bellinger is the author of Marie von Clausewitz, The Woman Behind the Making of On War, and one of our resident experts. So I'm very, very happy to speak with her today. So I'll start off with a maybe a simple question, or deceptively simple question. What do we, readers, students, people listening to the podcast, need to know about the author, uh, or authors perhaps, and the text in order to understand it? Hi, everyone. Um, I think the biggest challenge reading and understanding Clausewitz and on war is that people don't have much context about the times he lived on and what actually uh, prompted him to write on war. And these are very interesting times. Uh, he lived uh, in the times uh, of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars, where clearly a new type of warfare emerged. Um, Clausewitz uh, fought in many of those wars, and he was um, he was a officer who was incredibly who had incredibly rich experience. Um, he, because he fought in many of those wars and prepared many of those wars. Um, what he wanted to do was to liberate the, the strategic thought, the, 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 the ideas about war from, from this core set of these ideas about cookbooks, how to... Um, th- this, these were times because of the Napoleonic um, Napoleonic victories, because of these changes in warfare. There were so many other strategic thinkers, so many strategic writers, but most of them actually wrote cookbooks. You do this, you do that, uh, you put a little bit salt, you put a little bit water, a little bit this and that, and then you have a victory. Clausewitz realized that it wasn't so easy, um, that War is such a complex um, phenomenon that no cookbook can be ever given. And he really strives to, to free the strategic thought from, from, uh, from this core set. So as opposed to a cookbook where he's giving you a recipe, um, we should maybe think of it like a book about cooking or a book... A meditation about, about <laughs> okay. rather like really meditation about the art of cooking or the art of war. And so he sits down, does he sit down to write um, a sort of magnum opus or masterpiece? Yes, he actually had very early in his life, uh, he had this idea that he wanted to to write a book about war. Um, we have manuscripts uh, that are actually from 1809, 1810, when he was like a, a relatively young major, he was under 30. He, he actually started already of, uh, in that point trying to, 
to understand what happened in, in this Napoleonic Wars, why is this people's war is so ferocious, why is this um, escalation of violence. So he then he left it um, and uh, he went famously to fight in Russia against Napoleon. Um, then he came back, he never had the time to write anything else. Um, and when Napoleon was finally defeated, 1815, Clausewitz, when he was in Koblenz, uh, it was a very happy personal time. Um, he sat down and decided to put these ideas on paper once again. So he constantly had this idea, not only to fight those wars, but also to reflect on them, to understand what actually is happening. This idea of reflection seems to be really, really critical. And Clausewitz is a, as you said, a prolific writer and thinker. So can you tell us a little bit about how what we know today as On War, the the big book, um, comes to be? How does that sort of get get into the into the state and the translation that it's it is it reaches us now? Clausewitz, um, he never finished the book famously um, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do to finish a book <laughs> um, he um, many of the ideas he only anticipated he sort of realized the limitations of his own experience and in, in his own time and because this was this incredible ambition to write not only a book on war but the book on war the the, the mother of all books on war and he constantly wrote and rewrote, edited, went back to ideas, then he forgot about them, he went back, um, um, he debated many of the things that he wrote, mostly in the company of his wife. He used her a lot like a sounding board. He researched a lot, so he constantly, it was a very long, um, intense process um, that he used. And uh, of course, he uh, at some point left uh, the, um, the manuscripts um, on site because he had to go to war. It was 1830. Uh, it was after the uh, July Revolution in, in France. He believed there's going to be another uh, big European all-out all war. So he left his manuscripts thinking he's going to fight again another war. Um, there was actually a rather um, small conflict, um, which was on the Polish border. He actually, while he was still um, on the Polish border, he um, he continued developing some of his ideas. He continued thinking about what he should put in on war further. But um, yes, he never had the time to, to write them because the uh, uh, cholera epidemic came to Europe and he died uh, from cholera. It was left to Marie, his wife um, of 21 years. It was very happy marriage. She was a very intellectual woman. She was pretty involved in the process. Um, he left the manuscripts with her. She actually, when she opened the manuscript, she was rather disappointed because she thought like that he had written much more or at least like much many much more ideas that they debated or she heard him debating them or researching them and so on she thought that she he had already written those things but um they were not there so she was like rather <laughs> disappointed <laughs> so marie acts as then an, an editor and a publisher in some sense mm. to put the manuscript into the form that that's published 
Yes, she decided to to publish the manuscripts the way she found them. She, uh, on one hand, she um, did not want to harm the peculiarity of the work, as she said. It was basically she wanted to publish it the way it was left. Um, uh, it was left uh, the last state of Clausewitz's ideas. So she wanted to publish it this way, the way he left them. Um, she she definitely saw that there was like errors, there were um, mistakes, there were um, details that were not quite um, up to date and so on, but she still decided to publish it this way. On one hand, because if you start editing something, you don't know where you're gonna end up, like you, you might get carried away. So she did not wanna get carried away, which actually happened with her brother later. He got a little bit carried away with the second edition of uh, On War, where he actually um, edited a little bit, parts a little bit heavier. And the other thing she wanted to remind people that on war it's unfinished book and it's not a cookbook how to how to win war it's it's a it's a book to rather make you think about war and debate this war to debate with the author and um by debating with the author understand war good so we can imagine sort of entering into a conversation or a dialogue with Clausewitz about the nature of war about how war functions in the real world, understanding that it's unfinished, understanding that it was supposed to be this great um, book on war, but mm-hmm. also deeply embedded in its in its time. Mm-hmm. So what what would you say are the one or two key ideas that that would emerge from this kind of really deep reading of of on war? Well, this is the the biggest idea we already talked about. It. It's that there is no cookbook how to wage war. There is no formula, people. There is no secret out there. Um, Clausewitz believed that war is such a complex activity shaped by, by its own time and circumstances, depending on thousand little details which can go wrong, um, and also on individuals who often act irrationally. People are irrational. <laughs> beings. So Clausewitz, what he wanted to do was to teach people how to think about war and to try to understand war. And his belief was that if his readers strive to understand war, that if they challenge their minds, they might do better rational choices. Okay, so if one of the if one of the ideas is that war is complex and uncertain and reliant on individuals and messy, and I think that's that's intuitively the case, does Clausewitz offer us any insights about the pieces of war that are that are more enduring? Are there things that he thinks are are timeless or is that very chaos and complexity? The, pr- the primary thing that he... And the, the second big idea is, of course, the political nature of war. It's this formula that students keep um, here at the War College, keep repeating that war is continuation of politics with other means. This is sort of the bumper sticker, bumper right? Bumper sticker. But it has really deep meaning. Um, is that um, there is always underlying cause there is a political cause for, for war. It, it might be not rational by our standards, but it's rational for the, for the 
for the other side. Um, and um, the other thing is that political circumstances, the political nature actually influence, influence the course of war. And we have to be very aware what are these circumstances, what is, um, what is going on. Um, I, I've been working now with Clausewitz war plans, which I recently discovered operational plans from 1831 when he was on the Polish border. And you, you can see really clearly how he pays attention, even in those operational side of war, he pays constantly attention on the political circumstances and on the outcome. What on the political outcome, if we're doing this, what we actually want to achieve. It's never war on its own. Nothing in, on the tactical side, nothing on the operational side is just on its own. It, it is everything connected with this, this polit deeply political nature of war. Sometimes people talk about the translation of Clausewitz and that, that idea in particular about war and its relation to politics. And a lot is made of a distinction between politics and policy. Do you think that's an is that an important distinction? Um, I think it's again with this context to understand what is the the context of the time and the context of the German language because um, the German word Politik that Clausewitz use uses um, is um, it can have double meaning in English politics and policy, both of them. Um, there is uh, some uh, authors, because of the times Clausewitz lived, and they kind of assumed because uh, Prussia is this monarchy, there was a monarch, there was no democracy, uh, people somehow assumed that the, the politics back then was something straightforward, something that the king said, that everybody fell in line and everybody was doing, and there were people saying, like, well, it was easy for Clausewitz to say, you know, policy, political instruments. He never had to deal with this messiness that we have to deal now. But I've been working with the correspondence between Karo and Marie von Clausewitz, and I can tell you it was not more <laughs> It, it was just as messy. There were no political parties. There were no parliament. But there were like different um, fra factions um, in the Prussian society that constantly fought for influence. So Clausewitz really understood this irrational side of of politics of uh, that goes into also into into war. But I think that's an important point for so many things because it's easy to think that we are in the hardest or most difficult or most complex circumstances. But when we when we look more deeply at historical cases and people, we find that their worlds were just as complex, uh, just as difficult, different from ours. Um, but I think that's a, a key mm. key idea. I think I, I think I might know the answer that you'll give to this question, but what would you say is the greatest um, pitfall or problem that someone might encounter? when trying to, to read or understand Clausewitz for the first time? <laughs> it's it's the, the way Clausewitz wrote and the fact that On War is an unfinished book. Um, they, um, uh, Clausewitz wrote and rewrote certain pages. He edited, but there is no final copy. There is no final version of his, um, of his ideas. It was 
put by Marie and she left many um, uh, many errors and so on. She left it in the text the way they were. She could have fixed it, but she decided not to. So it sounds really sometimes um, weird for a modern reader. We, we especially modern people, we want to read the things in, if it's possible, like in a Twitter format, you know, 140 signs, if it's possible, like give me the solution or give me, give me the idea so quickly. While Clausewitz, it's like, it goes, it's a very heavy text sometimes. The text sometimes is overwritten because of the way he wrote. And it sometimes is really, really hard to, to read. And there is ideas also from different periods uh, written into the text and, um, Sometimes the text doesn't read so so easy and elegantly, but at the same time, this is incredibly rich text. I, I don't see this as such a um, such a caveat or problem with the text. I see it like it's incredible richness of the text because it's so many ideas that he tried to put into that text. So much experience he wanted to put in this text, and. Um, this is probably the way to read it. Don't try taking it at once. Try reading that text and reflect on that text. Try taking it in, in portions. Sometimes, the, and it reads for me, and I think I read it a couple of times, but like sometimes pages, I read them again, and I'm like, man, did I ever read that thing before? Because it reads so differently this time. And then I see I actually left notes, you know, um, on the site. So I'm like, yeah, I actually read this, but like for the, for the first time, I actually realized he's talking about something else here. So this is this incredible richness of the text. And this, this would be my advice to, to the readers. Try to reflect, try reading in more than once. Try um, taking pause, pause and just think about it, what he tried to, to say. Don't try, if you try reading it at once, it's not gonna work. It won't, it won't be any fun. I, I, I know that from personal experience, having tried to read it all at once in graduate school. But I think this idea of, of reveling in the text and its complexity and its richness um, and arguing with the author and imagining it, um, sort of what it what it says to us and how it speaks to us is really really important. What would you say to to sort of wrap up? Why is Clausewitz still important for contemporary strategists? Right, we're we're a couple hundred years removed uh, from from the time that Clausewitz was writing. Why should we care about it today? I, the more things change, the more they stay the same. War continues to be um, complex human activity. War continues to have political nature. Um, war, we continue to struggle to understand many of the cha many of its challenges. And the only way to get around this thing is actually to think about war, to think and read these texts and debate them and try to penetrate them and. I think this is why we need to, to read Clausewitz. It might be not the same experience like ours, but not the same experience like ours to... Um, and the fighting the level fight, or the yeah, tactical we, level. He fought completely different wars, but many of the things, the challenges, the strategy, how to create, how to get... Um, the right strategy, how to get the questions right in this war, in this conflict, they remain the same.
Great. I think that's a really sort of inspiring way to end. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner tonight and maybe tossing my cookbook out of the out of the window and just meditating on the food and on the on the meal. <laughs> so thanks very much for joining me and Thank we'll you. look forward to a, a good year here. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.